Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously, provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Star Wars Rebels, Moonbeam City, Ruby, Adventure Time, and Miraculous Ladybug. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm going to take you solo through the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels Legacy, the mid-season finale of the second season of Star Wars Rebels. Going to get into a lot of uh, what I thought was this uh, very good entry into Star Wars Rebels. I cover Rebels every Wednesday here on the Overly Animated Podcast, and you can check that out and everything involving our podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Um, so, yeah, uh, spoilers for this episode and all of Star Wars Rebels. Let me get right into it. So, Legacy, uh, I thought was a very strong entry into an otherwise uneven and kind of disappointing season of Rebels so far. Um, I think this episode is indicative of a lot of this show's problems. Uh, it doesn't really know how to handle a lot of its plots, and it kind of just jams a lot of stuff in there, and none of it really works. But uh, I also think this is episode is indicative of Star Wars Rebels' strengths, especially uh, it focuses on who's turned out to be the strongest character on the show, uh, Ezra, and the strongest character-to-character dynamic on the show, Ezra and Kanan. I was very impressed with the character work they did here with Ezra towards the end of the episode, and the character dynamics uh that had the character dynamic between Ezra and Kanan which has been explored throughout this entire series uh it's this this episode's kind of a tale of the two the two kind of uh, dynamics in the first half we get our you know your standard mid-season finale fair we kind of have the villains like all coming together launching our attack on on the heroes we have them separating and uh kind of engaging in long action set pieces and it's all okay um I didn't, I didn't hate it, you know, like it's just, it's kind of just average quality of the show. Uh, but then it gets into, uh, some really high level stuff, especially for a show like Star Wars Rebels, um, with, uh, Ezra's parents being dead and the emotional, uh, you know, uh, turmoil that goes along with it for him. Uh, I think that was an incredible decision, making Ezra's parents die. Um, I think that adding them to the show would have been a distraction. I think that this provides for a lot of character work from Ezra, and I just think it's really good. Uh, it's really good decision making overall uh, by uh, by the writer of this episode, Henry Gilroy. This episode, this season has not had a lot of strong scripts, honestly, and um, you know that doesn't change here. The script's not the strongest, but it has some good, definitely some good character work. I love that decision, and I love. Uh, just the entire set. I mean, the ending of this episode's great. Like once you know, once uh, Kanan and Ezra separate uh, from the from the rest of the group, they go to Lothal. They you know meet prisoner X Ten or whatever, and then they learn of the his parents' fate. Ezra's reaction, how Kanan empathizes with empathizes with him. Um, just all of that. Uh, in earlier in the episode, Kane and shooting the door between Ezra charging at the Inquisitors, like all of it is uh really good. And I think that uh, Kane and Ezra's dynamic has long been the show's strongest one. And the show's, I mean, Kanan, I think at times has been a stronger character than Ezra, but I think that's changed recently. Um, this episode also showed Ezra's uh, strengths coming back, like we saw in uh, my favorite episode of the season, uh, Stealth Strike. I think that um. That Ezra's like his abilities, his fighting potential have really grown here, and he can handle himself. And we saw that again in one of the action pieces. Um, and uh, you know, we saw and we've seen um, Kane and Ezra's 
uh, dynamic develop a lot this season. A lot of Ezra, a lot of Kanan and Rex too, but also just we've, we've continually had, um, a lot of Kanan and Ezra since, uh, Vision of Hope and a lot of, um, the kind of great episodes from season one or Path of the Jedi, not Vision of Hope. And, uh, yeah, I was just, I was a big fan of, uh, the stuff they had here. Um, uh, definitely want to point out this episode was the first of Star Wars Dra- Star Wars Rebels directed by Mel Zwire, who I'm very excited to see is on the show. I did not know he would be directing on Star Wars Rebels. Um, Mel Zwire was a director for books three and four of Korra, which are, in my opinion, two of the strongest seasons of animated television in uh, you, you know the USA animation history. So having Mel Zwire on board here is uh, really good, especially with a lot of talent leaving the show after season one in the form of Greg Weissman. Um, Mel Zwire previously worked with Weissman on Young Justice, and uh, he has joined in spite of uh, Weissman's uh, absence on the show. So very happy to see him here, and he does uh, some great work with the script at the end of this episode. Um, a big fan of uh, of uh, the direction here. I mean, the fight sequence. There's like a long fight sequence here. You know, that's it's not like he he boosted the fight sequence of the show. That's always been decent. You know, he he's uh, the show's always done a good job with its action pieces. Um, they're always coherent. Um, they are always, uh, you know, they are always like watchable, although not necessarily super engaging is what I would say. So I was fine with all of that. Um, other characters other than Ezra and Kanan are pretty bad in here. We see Hera leading, which is cool. And we see her as the Phoenix commander, which was nice or whatever, Phoenix leader. And, um, we saw, oh, actually, it is a fairly strong hair episode. She had some nice mom stuff with, uh, with Ezra earlier in the, in the beginning of the episode. Uh, the Ezra and, uh, the, uh, Hera and Kane and mom and dad dynamic with Ezra, which is kind of well utilized in the beginning and then contrasting with, um, it, the, it, this being about uh, the search for Ezra's parents, you know, so. Um, I, I kind of like how they did that. They did the mom and dad stuff in the beginning. And then we, you know, not the like actual Ezra's mom and dad stuff, like the, the, uh, Ezra, like the family dynamic with, um, you know, with, uh, Kanan and Hera in the beginning. And then we see it come to play with, um, Ezra's actual parents. And then they're, you know, that's like, they're, it's the new mom and dad <laughs> as space mom and dad, as we've always, as we've always known, um, uh, before I get into some more, sp- uh, I guess I'll talk about this, the, the, uh, some faults, this, the, uh, status of all the characters now, and some specifics from the episode. Um, before that, I guess overall, I think Legacy is like maybe the second strongest episode of the season. Um, I think overall the season's been disappointing. Uh, highlights to me are for sure Stealth Strike, uh, Legacy, um, Wings of the Master and Blood Sisters. So, having, um, you know, Having a leg, yeah, I think it was stronger than Future of the Force. This, there's a lot of problems here. Let's get into some stuff from, some stuff from the, the episode. Uh, so, like, we started out with, um, with the, uh, Kane and Harris stuff in the beginning. And, um, we're going back to the, you know, Zebo and, uh, so Ezra's relationship with the Force, that's something, uh, I could talk about. Um, and then I'll go over other kind of minor things from the episode. Not that I've done everything major yet, but, so I think this is a big episode for Ezra and the Force, which uh, we've seen on and off. You know, he's been Force training all along, Jedi training. But uh, it's we haven't had a we probably haven't had this much of a focused episode on him and the Force since Path of the Jedi, right? Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Anyway, we have it. Uh, we have it uh, 
manifest in um, his visions in the beginning and then the end, um, the, the vision in the beginning. It's kind of like it seems like a dream and then, you know, he's uh, – and then he sees his parents and stuff. Um, one of the more interesting things I thought about it was the uh, – kind of what I think of as a spirit guide, his spirit animal, was the uh, – what do they call it? Uh, the white loth cat. Um, I think that's what they call it. And it's, uh, again, from Path of the Jedi. He needed, or I don't know if it was from that episode. There's a previous episode where he needed to, um, train, you know, connect with the animals, do that type of Jedi thing. And that kind of guides him to Prisoner X10, you know? I think that was kind of an interesting addition into the episode and kind of a nice touch from, uh, previous episodes. Uh, this episode is good at bringing stuff back from the previous canon of the show. Um, of course, there's a huge expanded canon of the Star Wars universe, but bringing stuff back specifically from episodes of, uh, Rebels, I think works pretty well. Oh, later we have, um, the message come back from season one, which I'll talk about later. But, uh, the, we have his, like, his vision at the end with, uh, with his parents too, which Kanan, I think, describes as, um, life doesn't, uh, cease in, in death. It takes another form to another within you. Um, which is a concept that we have without, like we have in our society without having, uh, the force exists. And so I think that's interesting. Um, and I think it was, it was very touching at the end combined with the, all the other stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on here for Ezra and his force use. Um, other things, let me go through my show notes here. So let me talk about the villains, actually, of that start. So we have all the villains coalesce in this episode, and now I'm try- starting to talk about the other elements other than the strong points. So this is going to get to be some more criticism here. So we had, uh, we had the Admiral from two episodes ago, I think. That was the same guy. Um, we had Agent Callus, of course, even though I've criticized the use of Agent Callus a lot. He's kind of in a minor position here. Um, and then they have, uh, the Inquisitors. So, Agent Callus and the Admiral, whatever, right? The Inquisitors usage here is interesting slash questionable. So, how many episodes has it been through this season? A lot. Eleven. Nine, actually, without the movie. So, it's nine episodes, and we haven't seen the Inquisitors do, like, anything. So, last episode was a big Inquisitor episode. This episode, they appear. Um, Seven Sister makes another really weird comment, and then they leave, right? Uh, Kanan, like, shuts the door on them, almost literally. So, and then they're just not in the episode again. Who cares? Who cares about the Inquisitors? They're not important. This is the season finale, and we didn't focus on them at, or in the mid-season finale, we didn't focus on them at all. So, this is probably not good from an overall show perspective. Like, if you look back on this half of the season, the Inquisitors are a big negative, um, and this is, uh, this episode is a big reason why. However, I am glad that they didn't do much in this episode. Like, the Inquisitors leaving halfway saved this episode, but it, like, hurt the season overall, probably, is what I would say. Um, cause them leaving meant we could focus more on Ezra and Kanan, yet, uh, their presence was, uh, it was just kind of a joke, their, their presence in this episode. So, I don't know. So, well, let's go, Seven Sister says, my brave young boy at some point. I don't remember the context specifically, and that was really weird. <laughs> She's really weird with, uh, with, uh, Ezra. I think they're going for some sort of, sort of motherhood type thing. Cause she had, I didn't even, I forgot to mention in last week's podcast, she's like the worst line ever when she was fighting Hera, I guess. She said something about motherhood, right? And I just hated it. Cause it was irrelevant and it was like, oh, she's female, something about motherhood. And they seem to be throwing that into her character, but it just comes off on her being creepy with Ezra. 
uh like that i feel like is more how it comes off than what they're going for today so and that's like the most defining thing of the inquisitor so i don't even know what to say about that um so probably not good usage of uh of uh of the villains overall oh uh forgot the main point of <laughs> forgot what i was going to say about ezra and the force he uses the jedi mind an old jedi trick to help uh to help uh, or like uh, declear the prisoner list he has to like focus on the truth as the force presents it not on his not on his biases or his wants um the force guide you through i think it's interesting that ezra is seemingly doing things that kanan doesn't do um like he's like there's a kanan was like it's an old trick that i had you know only ever heard of and yet he's like oh yeah here you go ezra you do it now uh so i think it's I think that's been kind of clear for a while. Ezra's like just as good at the Force as Kanan, um, and maybe even better in some aspects. I think that's fine. It's a little weird that uh, he's kind of a useless master. He's more of like a theoretical master. It's not like he's super good at any at using his Jedi powers. He's just he's just like mental training, mental Jedi training, which is like the entire thing, right? But um, it's uh, it, that's worth noting. It's not that's not even that's not like a criticism or a good thing. I think it's just worth noting from the episode, and I'm interested to see if we develop that further as we're surpassing Kanan's Jedi abilities. Uh, what else do I got here? Uh, Zeb and Chopper, you know, were in this episode, even though I barely remember them. Uh, a lot of people are being critical of Zeb's role in the show. I would echo that. I think that he was a very developed character early on in the show. Like he was kind of the first character who I thought was like actually a person, and then quick he's had like nothing since then so i think that uh we need a zeb episode unfortunately i don't like him very much so that's not great but uh, i think we need to do something with his character we kanan and ezra are super important and then hera is kind of important as the mom um and they kind of have their family bond and then it's like sabine and zeb are a little bit of uh these auxiliary characters right now who don't matter sabine had her episode of course Zeb does a lot of stuff, but uh, he has a bond with Ezra. He's like Ezra's brother. Um, it's not a super satisfying role. Uh, Chopper, I think, grew a lot this season, but he didn't do anything here, so that's okay. Um, and then I have a, I have a, a lot of the Kanan Ezra lines I want to go over here. Let's talk about those. So I was talking about the relationship before. I don't know, think I cited the exact lines, but I never knew my parents as Kanan. Um, well, they were talking about like. Uh, like Ezra's like you don't know how I'm feeling, and Kanan's like yeah I don't, and then later it's like oh I did know how you feel kind of so, uh, this is a kind of a pretty tropey thing. It's like characters tr- struggling to understand what empathy is, <laughs> empathy versus sympathy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think we knew that about Kanan that he didn't know his parents. I think that's new and felt, but I'm not sure. I wouldn't remember even if, <laughs> even if uh, even if they said it. Don't worry, she was. Uh, Looking after everyone long before you or I came along. Ah, I forgot about that, actually. That's what Kanan says about Hera, which is interesting. I think we knew that, that Hera was with the Rebellion long before Kanan joined. Um, this is kind of some nice subtle characterization for Hera. This episode, I think, was a very good Hera episode. Maybe even more so than her solo episode, which I liked a lot, but... Um, just showing her in action, like she leads the, she leads Phoenix Squad or whatever they are. She, they, uh, we learn like that she's like this stalwart in the rebellion. Um, and she has some nice stuff with Sabine taking out the tractor beam. So good hair episode. I like, th- I like throwaway lines like that. Um, what else we got here? Uh, I'm always, you're always there when I need you the most, says, uh, 
Ezra to Kanan, um, I think, right? Uh, I don't want uh, you to be. Uh, when I was lo- when I lost my oh, Kanan, so Kanan says when I lost my ma- my master, I was alone. Regardless of how this turns out, I don't want you to be. Yeah, some really. This is part of the really good stuff with Kanan and Ezra. Um, yeah, I, I I I buy that relationship. I buy that what he said here. Um, he doesn't want Ezra to have to feel how he felt. He sees himself younger himself in in Ezra, right? So I think that's pretty obvious. So he doesn't want Ezra to go through the pain he did, which is like literally a parent thing. <laughs> that's such a parent trope, and he's dead, so that makes sense. Uh, we are back on Lothal later. I didn't. I, I like being on Lothal. That's our most successful location. Um, Ryder Azadi. I don't have much to say about him. Prisoner X10. Um, it's kind of interesting. He was governor of Lothal. Went to prison with them. They're dead. I talked about this before, but how much I I like that they're dead. <laughs> Not that I like seeing Ezra in pain. It's just a good storytelling decision. Um, so here's what I want to talk about. I forgot about this. So we had this whole thing here where. Um, where it seems like, uh, where, where we learn that Ezra and his parents were kind of rebellionish before they got taken away, right? So, this is not something I knew, and I'm not sure, I don't, I think the show has never said this. Like, you could imply it, that, uh, his parents installed a sense of rebellion in Ezra before they left, because obviously they get taken away for rebellion activities, so it makes sense that they, um, you know that they would talk about that with Ezra, but this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between if this is retconning or developing, like not, not retconning in a bad way, just, just like, is, does this go in the face of what we learned before about Ezra, like everything with his parents here? Like, did they have this in mind in the beginning of the show? Um, because we, I just never remember them talking about, you know, Ezra's, uh, upbringing with his parents, right? And, it's it's the beginning of the show makes it seem like Ezra doesn't care about he has no idea what the rebellion is he has no sides in the empire versus you know and it versus the the people conflict right it doesn't it doesn't seem like he cares um but now we learn that his parents had uh kind of primed him to care so it makes sense that he would join up with the rebels um and to a certain extent that almost makes his development in the beginning beginning of the series a little uh less satisfying like his he has a he has a really nice arc in the beginning of season one of i don't care about anyone to i do care about people and that's why i'm going to support the rebellion um and i really like how that play it played out but here uh we're like let, let me read the line i guess um he says uh you you always said uh they i don't know what did they say they the the thing with the message right um and then when he was little your voice said when i was uh if we don't stand up, who will? They said to him, right? Um, I apologize for not deciphering my notes well, but, uh, yeah, if we don't stand up, who will? They, the, his parents said to Ezra. And I think that's a little, uh, I think it does, like, that prime, okay, so that's what that says is what I said before, that, um, like, he was like a little, a little rebel even before they left, right? So, uh, before they left, and then he was on his own after, and he loses sight of that, and then they, the rebels, like, refocus his worldview. Um, yeah, I think that does take away a little bit. Like, it, now it seems like Ezra's always cared about people, and he just lost sight of that briefly. So that's a different character mark than noted previously. It's not necessarily worse. It's it's just a different thing, and I think it should be noted. Um, like, before on this podcast, I'd characterize Ezra's character arc as, um, I'm just looking out for myself, survival, I don't care about anyone in the beginning, to... 
uh, I now care about people. Right. And of course, there's a period when he still had his parents that uh, he didn't care. But but at the beginning of the show, he almost his parents aren't a thing. So it's like he's just been an orphan his entire life. And he always just had a just had him like was just always just in survival mode. And this is very different. This is little Ezra being primed for rebellion. Parents leave. He has to slip into only caring about himself. Rebels come and they refocus his worldview. Right. So that's just much different. Um. And I don't know yet whether I like it more or less, honestly. It's just uh, I need to, like, recalibrate my view of this entire show. Like, I think it's that big. I know it's just a little throwaway line at the end, but it's I, this was a big part of how I viewed Ezra's characterization in the show. And I really feel like um, – to okay, how about this? I don't like them slipping it in here. Um, and it's, it's just, it's very jarring to me, to me and my view of the show. Uh, I think that it changes my view of how things work very fast. I don't know if I was misreading the initial, my initial view of Ezra's character, but, uh, this is different. Like, ultimately it's the same thing. Like, he lost sight of caring about others and they made him care. But this is, to me, this is like less big of a shift. And it's like, it almost lessens the influence of Kanan and stuff like, and, uh, and the crew of the ghost. So, I don't know. I'll think about it. But, um, it was maybe a little bit of a too jarring of an insert here for me. Like that one little line, like kind of distracted me from the really big emotion. That, that, that I do think is concrete. I think that line kind of distracted me from the emotional connection between Ezra and Kanan. And I was like, wait, what? You know, so, uh, maybe, maybe not great there. I'm not sure. Um, and then, yeah, that message, uh, nice throwback to season one. I think it is interesting that his parents would hear from space. I don't know whether that makes sense or not that they would hear it in space prison. <laughs> um, you have to ask someone more knowledgeable about Star Wars than me, but uh, to me it seems it seems far fetched. But maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. It's a nice sentiment, though. That uh, that it is it is interesting to that that one episode made Ezra like seem like the Mockingjay. You know, <laughs> like that's like a very obvious comparison. Like the voice of the rebellion, right? Uh, and other because a lot most of the show just makes it he's makes it seem like he's some twerp right who's with the rebellion but that one episode he was like the voice of the rebellion and now it seems like Agent Callus is super focused on him right and the Inquisitors care about him maybe more maybe so now maybe he's the prime target and people do think of him as the rebellion which is interesting if that's true please talk about it more show because you have not done that um, I would like to know if that is true if that's what we're going for but as it is he's just kind of. Uh, He's kind of just, uh, he, most of the time to me, it just seems like he's an add-on. Like, obviously also he's, you know, a young Jedi. So that's why the Empire is kind of focused on him a little bit. Uh, and it seems like that's why they focus on him, not because he's the public view of the, of, uh, the ghost, right? So I would like some clarity on that. Uh, I think that's what I got here. Uh, Evra and Mira, his parents apparently. That's how I wrote it. Uh, yeah. So overall, I think I'm probably more, I'm actually recording this not immediately after the episode for once, so I can see some of the critical views. AV Club gave it a B. I would give this not a B. I would give this higher. I'd give this an A minus or a B plus. Uh, I read the review by on AV, on AV Club by Kevin Johnson, and I agree with a lot of his points. I basically echoed a lot of them here. Beginning of the episode's kind of uh, uneven. Uh, the end of the episode is very good. However, I think that. I think that the beginning of the episode wasn't bad. I think it was fine. I think the action pieces were fine. It was a standard finale. I, it was B territory in the beginning, and then the end of the episode was A territory. So, like, overall, it's an A-minus for me, you know? Um, 
And I, uh, so wrapping this up, we're done with Rebels for the year. But however, this is only, uh, half of the season. This, this season has some crazy number of episodes, 22 episodes, and we're through 11 of them. So that's half. Uh, I, I mean, I, I assume they counted Lothal within the season, right? It, it had a production code of 201, and we've had two, this was 211. So overall, this was a step down from, most of what season one was like i thought season one was really good um it, it wasn't really it was like good and uh and i was like oh okay season two you know this is great like shows usually aren't good right away and the show actually was good right away so it's like okay season two now the show's gonna find this footing maybe it can be truly great uh no that's not what we got from this half of the season like i liked some of the episodes i really liked stealth strike i liked this episode um i liked the uh Wings of the Master and Blood Sisters, even though they weren't incredibly well written. But overall, season a little bit of a letdown for me. Um, I think most people do agree with that. I, I've, I've said before on this podcast, I don't think anyone this thinks the show is the best in the world and no one has <laughs> told me that that's not true. People, uh, and the feedback I've seen is always lukewarm, but I still will continue watching, probably continue podcasting on it, but we're going to tighten our schedule next year. So I'll check back on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, let's close with, well, there's one more thing I want. I wanted to read a quote from Kevin Johnson's review. That was his name, right? Yeah. He says, I wonder if Greg Weissman's departure from the show is what, is what preventing Rebel, is what is preventing Rebels from engaging with its characters more deeply and consistently. Rebels was never a perfect show, but its first season did seem to have a better understanding of its character's emotional journey than this current one. I mostly agree with that. I definitely agree that Weissman's departure has been felt. I've said that before on the podcast. I mean, I'm biased because, like, I think Greg Weissman is incredible, right? So him leaving is, uh, and I don't, and I don't necessarily know if everyone else is incredible on the show. Like, I don't really know anyone else except Mel's Wire now and Simon Kinberg. I know from movies, but, um, you would expect Weissman leaving, the quality of writing to go down, the quality of characterization to go down. But that being said, there's been some great Kanan and Ezra stuff this season. There's been some great uh, Kanan and Rex stuff. Kanan in particular, I think, is a better character this season than the last character. So I don't think that's so simple of a statement to make, that Greg Weissman left the characters worse. I don't think that's true across the board. I think the characterization of Hera has been better this season. Um, but that being said, the other, the other side of it is, of course the characters can get better. It's the second season. You don't have the limitations of the first season. You're more open with stuff. You have a, you have a foundation to build upon. It's easier to characterize characters better in a second season than a first season. So you'd expect the characterization of Kanan to get better. And my, the argument would be that Greg Weissman's departure has led us to, um, worse character development than expected for season two, which I think is a legitimate point. Um, that's basically, I, I said that passionately because that's probably what I believe. So, uh, am I optimistic for Rebels' future? I don't know. Uh, more so now that Miles Wire is on the show. I will say that. Um, I need, uh, and you know, Henry Gilroy wrote a good episode here. I think Matt, uh, Mitchnovitz wrote a good episode with Stealth Strike. A lot of writers on the show. <laughs> Henry Gilroy seems to be the main writer. Right now, he's probably the head writer. I don't know that for sure, actually. Um, and, you know, I, I don't expect the second half of season two to be great. I also don't expect it to be better than this half. I would love it to be better than this half, but I don't necessarily know if it will be. That, that being said, the show is enjoyable enough for, uh, for me for now to continue watching. I don't necessarily anticipate it every week, but I will tune in. And that I think is where I am with that. Um, it's, I, I, I do hope for, 
for higher consistent quality. And I am interested to see what they do with a lot of stuff. Uh, and there's not that many hanging plot points. I don't care about the Inquisitors, but Anan, Kan, Ezra and Kanan, uh, will we, will Sabine be a person? She's still not a person. Hezra's, uh, will Hera, Hera is separated. Oh yeah, I didn't even talk about that. Hera and Sabine are separated right now, you know, so that's the thing we have to resolve. And, uh, Zeb and Chopper, I don't even, I wasn't even clear on what they're, where they were left, cause they had like two seconds in the show, but they're somewhere, I think they're separated too. So, interested to see how we resolve that. Wanna see more of Ezra's character, like the decision at the end to have the, his parents die. So, let me know what you thought of the, of this half season. Let me know what you thought of my coverage of it. Um, overlyanimated.com is where you can give me feedback. Um, in the comment section there. If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment. I will reply. Thank you for, in advance. Um, if you are watching on Tumblr, you can send me a message. Dylan OVA is my Tumblr. Overly animated podcast of the podcast Tumblr, either one. And, uh, you can support us on Patreon, if you so choose, at patreon.com slash overly animated. Um, our Patreons keep this podcast going. Thank you very much to Shannon, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice, Nate, Andy, and Jamie, aka Hayna Fever, Mitch Cordell, University of Beatrice Exchange, both like your mailman. So, uh, that's it for, you know, this half season rebels. That being said, like, I'm acting like this is a big ending. It might be back in the beginning of January. Who knows? But like, it, there was the secret of prisoner X one at the scheduled. That is this episode. Uh, I said that last week, like <laughs> legacy is the last episode of rebels for the year. Right. So it, I'm 100% sure on that. Like, I know it was on the schedule at some point. People make mistakes. That, that was an alternate title for this episode. It's, it's, it's not airing on Saturday. Okay. Thanks for listening guys. I will see you. Uh, I mean, we've got podcasts coming up uh, here at an overly animated podcast. If you just listen to this, I will see you next year on Rebels coverage. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.